Welcome to the Tune In and Level Up podcast. I am Glenda Hovenkamp, your host, and so happy you tuned in for a few minutes of leveling up together. I love having deep conversations on meaningful topics, some spiritual, some practical. Come as you are, tune in while walking, cooking dinner, driving, or just putting your feet up at the end of the day. Here's to both of us getting some takeaways that help in our leveling up journey. Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of Tune In and Level Up. <clears throat> Today I'm interviewing Dr. Sarah Pospos, who is a psychiatrist in California. She has published extensively on burnout and depression at three different universities in California and she has devoted herself to helping others feel their best again when dealing with burnout, depression, anxiety, and other common psychiatric challenges. She has some wonderful practical advice about incorporating exercise, nutrition, sleep, and stress and time management, so stay tuned. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to Tune In and Level Up. So glad you can be with me today. Hi, Glenda. Thank you so much for having me today. It's such an honor. Thank you. I feel so privileged to have um, someone of your with your background and your specialties. And so I have a lot of questions. Can we get started? Yes, please. Shoot away. <laughs> All right. Um, I know that you're psychiatry practice is lifestyle telepsychiatry. And I wondered if you could tell our listeners uh, about the services you offer. Absolutely. So um, as you mentioned, it's called lifestyle telepsychiatry. Uh, so there are several components to that. First of all, I do offer traditional psychiatric care, uh, but it's delivered in a telehealth or telemedicine setting. What I think it would be beneficial uh, for is especially for us with busy lifestyles. Um, as you know, the commute time, going back and forth to the doctor's office, the waiting time, just sitting there to be seen uh, is very valuable, right? Um, so for telemedicine or telehealth setting, you could only be available during the set amount of your appointment time. And instead you could use the, those commute slash waiting time to do something else that you might need to do, your work, your errands, what have you. Um, so that part is a bit different. The second part that's different is I also incorporate uh, on top of the traditional psychiatric care, I also incorporate many sustainable lifestyle uh, changes into my intervention, into my care. And that include things like exercise, nutrition, sleep, optimization, stress management techniques, efficient time management, and other sustainable changes. Just because as you uh, may know in psychiatry, a lot of the conditions are chronic. So just for example, like in diabetes and other common chronic conditions, yes, we could perhaps prescribe medication for that, but what's the point if we don't also include things like uh, watching out uh, for our, for the excessive processed sugar in our diets. Uh, what's the point if we don't include active lifestyle to help with the hormones associated with the glucose response in our body? What's the point if we don't sleep enough or take care of ourselves enough to try to avoid as much stress as possible that might interfere with our stress hormone? 
so with the same token, the lifestyle component uh, goes a long way and that could really affect uh, many aspects of our mental health. Uh, the third thing that might be different in my practice is I'm currently out of network uh, in terms of insurance, which means that I don't accept insurance and with that come a more personalized care because that way I could avoid uh, some of the restrictions that some insurance impose in how a doctor practice, as well as a more confidential care where I could focus the time, as much time as needed to get to know you as a person, get to know your story, your lifestyle, and uh, what brings you here, and of course, how to help you better with that amount of um, time that's fully dedicated to your care. Oh, that is amazing, Sarah. And, and you, the list of things that you mentioned, I don't think there could be a single listener who hasn't struggled with at least one of them in that list. <laughs> I want to know all your secrets about nutrition. But <laughs> Nick, I would love for you to tell me about your specialties. I'm sure that you specialize in some things. And so tell us um, what you you are most specialized in. Yes, definitely. So I completed my psychiatry residency um, at UCLA Kern, and I uh, focuses on uh, two things, perinatal psychiatry and sports psychiatry. So, uh, you know, in terms of let's go through it one by one, in terms of perinatal psychiatry, uh, I do help with common psychiatric challenges associated with different stages of motherhood. So that could include preconception planning, if you're going through IVF, um, pregnancy, postpartum, breastfeeding, if you choose to, and others. And why is that important? Um, as you know, as moms, uh, you know, we are, we perhaps have additional concerns when we need to take medications, right? Whether it's going to affect our baby when we're pregnant, or whether it's still going to affect our baby if we're breastfeeding, for example. Um, so the training in perinatal psychiatry uh, is a way to make sure that not only the, your psychiatrist is familiar with common con psych conditions that mom may have, things like postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and so forth, but also is very well first in the subtle nuances of prescribing medications when indicated, of course, uh, with respect to motherhood and different stages in motherhood. The second part of uh, the equation is the sports psychiatry. Uh, so that just means that I receive additional training in psychiatry with respects to athletes. So for instance, for some athletes, it may be a very um, understandable concern when they have to take a medication, uh, you know, that this medication might inadvertently affect their athletic performance. It could be improving their athletic performance. So in instance, uh, medication called propanolol, it might improve tremor and therefore is prohibited in the case of some sports. Uh, so of course they wouldn't wanna get into that trouble, that, that situation, right? Um, for not knowingly taking this medication uh, that might improve their per athletic performance in such a way. Or on the flip side of thing, it might also impair their performance. So for instance, some medications might have side effects like weight gain or decreasing their heart rate, which might impair their performance in let's say endurance related sports. So that's a very valid concern. So uh, the area of sports psychiatry um, 
address these issues uh, in a further or in a deeper level. Mm-hmm. So full disclosure, Sarah and I got to visit for a few minutes before we we began recording the podcast. And so, of course, inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> so I asked Sarah, you know, you know, did something in your life uh, influence you to become interested in the perinatal psychiatry? And so Sarah, share what you, you told me. <clears throat> yes, absolutely. So I do have to confess, Glenda, that I have a personal stake in this. <laughs> uh, so I became a first-time mom myself uh, in the middle of medical training. It was on my third year of psychiatry residency. And as you can imagine, um, at that time, I've experienced firsthand, you know, feeling overwhelmed, being pulled in many different directions, uh, not knowing what to do, second-guessing myself a lot, and what have you. Um, So with that experience, I just realized, uh, you know, that this is a very common space to be. It's very easy to feel lonely, to feel alone as a mom, as a new mom. Um, and I would like to give back in specifically in this space, in the perinatal mental health space and help others. I love that. <clears throat> As I told Sarah that I, I'm a mother of four adult children who now are all grown up and out on their own. And now oh, I'm grandmother to four lovely grandchildren. And I have three daughters and two of them have had children. So I I love how she landed in uh, perinatal psychiatry. And I do see such a great need. There's so many females who I know benefit from your support. And I'm so glad that our listeners are going to get to find out about you. Um, One thing Sarah did share with me is that she is only serving patients in California. So if you're in another state, you just might want to think about moving so that you (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) work with Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm sure that could change and I'll in the show notes I'm going to let them uh, have your website link and so um, they can inquire if if uh, that might change in the future but also with your specialty of sports medicine I asked Sarah you know okay so are you were you a former athlete and Sarah, what did you tell me? <laughs> yes, uh, so I have a similar stake <laughs> uh, in sports psychiatry as well. So uh, I was a former student athlete. Uh, so I also did experience firsthand some of the common challenge, common unique challenges that an athlete may face. So that might include um, injury, concussion for some, um, overtraining performance anxiety when it comes to competition and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of sports psychiatry, typically a sports psychiatrist uh, also come from a former athlete background. Uh, so that just helps, I think, in terms of understanding uh, the unique challenges that athletes might go through, but also the ins and outs of uh, sports in particular in general. And also uh, on top of that, we are trained in common conditions that an athlete may face, uh, things like competition or performance anxiety, it goes by many means, and the subtle nuances, like I uh, mentioned earlier, of prescribing medications if indicated, uh, specifically in the context uh, of athletes. Mm -hmm. What was your sport? 
I was a swimmer back in the day, and then okay. I transitioned to volleyball and basketball. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <clears throat> um, all right. So uh, you had also shared with me that your practice includes serving uh, high performers of all kinds. Would you like mm-hmm. to speak about that? Yes, definitely. So, um, you know, my overarching team, uh, I would like uh, to say is to serve high performers trying to optimize and balance their lives through many sustainable, so not a one-off, lifestyle changes, which might include nutrition, exercise, stress management techniques, uh, sleep optimization, time uh, efficient time management, and others. And uh, the reason for that is actually why I went into psychiatry in the first place. I think it's such a privileged place to be, to be able to help people during their lows of lows, their downs of downs, and help them to uh, be the best version of themselves again. Um, So I think it fits in perfectly with trying to help high performers just to get, uh, you know, into the the next level, uh, if I may, in terms of just optimizing their lives and not only that, to balance a lot of things that they may juggle and have in their plates as well. You know, I, I think some of the most successful people in the world who have just done great things professionally <clears throat> must find it quite hard to reach out for help. And I'm, I'm betting that when they do, they can feel so much better. And so um, I know it must be a joy to be involved in really serving these people. Definitely, definitely, 100%. All right. So uh, my last question for Sarah um, really was to provide some pointers for the everyday person who may or may not be seeking any psychiatric support. So what can we be doing on a daily basis to take better care of our mental, physical, emotional, spiritual health? We're going to have our, get our pencils and our paper ready and (laughs) take notes. (laughs) What can we do to be a a happier version of ourselves? Yes. So before that, I'd like to preface in lifestyle uh, changes or lifestyle tweaks, uh, if you will. Some is always better than none. So please don't beat yourself up if you find yourself not uh, adhering strictly uh, to all of these tips, you know, day in and day out from Monday to Sunday, let's say. Some is always better than none. I do have three tips that I would like to share. One is in, uh, with regards to exercise, second to sleep, optimi- sleep optimization, and third uh, for stress management techniques. So I'll go ahead and start. <laughs> in terms of exercise, the current recommendations from the CDC in terms of aerobic exercise uh, is as follows. So first, aerobic exercise just means any type of movement that increase your heart rate. Could be walking, running, whatever you need to do to increase your heart rate. The level of an intensity that's recommended is moderate, which means uh, simply that you, perhaps it's hard for you um, to sing flawlessly during that exercise time, but you can still carry conversation. In terms of duration, uh, it's 150 minutes per week, which could be broken down into about half hour, 30 minutes, Uh, on weekdays, Monday to Friday. Uh, And for me personally, 
just because of you know a busy lifestyle, which many of you can relate, uh, I'd like to do it while doing something else. So for instance, let's say, well, I have some work in my computer. I just got myself from Amazon uh, a little stepper and a little floor desk, which I put on top of my table to pro- help prop my computer so that I can uh, do my work standing and mm-hmm. then just get my steps in. Uh, have an hour 20 to 30 minutes a day and that's it uh (laughs) i get to do my work and i get to get my exercise along with the many benefits of exercising for the day as well wonderful (laughs) (laughs) so that's our exercise in terms of sleep uh just common things to avoid um 12 hours before bed so that could be around noon time try to avoid caffeine and it's not only found in coffee and tea but also uh, energy drinks soda mm-hmm. um, chocolate and things uh, along that line mm-hmm. uh, three hours before bed try to not uh, eat dinner especially if it's heavy dinner um, try to avoid alcohol uh, and try to avoid also exercising too close to bedtimes if you happen to have a lot of things in your mind that might cause wor- some worry, some anxiety, uh, I'd like to put in an intentional stress time, which just means that you write down all the things that's, that are making you anxious. And then either next to it, write one simple step that you can do tomorrow uh, to address that or simply just tear the p- paper away and toss it out. <laughs> and then one hour before bedtime, ideally, no more screens. So no TVs, no phone, no computer, just because the blue light might interfere with the sleep hormone um, and try to, you know, relax both in terms of your mind and your body as well. Ideally, no more work, uh, no more tasks that requires too much thinking. And of course, um, no more uh, rigorous physical activity uh, just to get in that calm, relaxed space better. And then lastly, in terms of stress management technique, this is my personal favorite just because it's so easy to do and you can do it anytime, everywhere, uh, you know, including a busy meeting room, busy classroom, what have you. It's deep breathing, uh, but the deep breathing uh, ideally would also include uh, your diaphragm. So breathe in with your belly and counting. So I would count to six when I inhale, pause, for six counts as well, and then count as six when I exhale, do it a couple of times. And what it does is it activates um, the calming part of your body, which we call parasympathetic system, uh, which is the opposite of our fight or flight response that's associated with anxiety, higher heart rate, higher breathing rate, and things along those lines. So doing deep breathing a couple of times can not only help your body to literally relax, but also your mind, the part of your brain um, that's not associated with fear, with that fight or flight response uh, to be turned off as well. Sarah, I love these three. And what, you know, what I love most is they, they won't cost us a thing. Yes. They can do it. They're, they're all right here. (laughs) They really are simple. And why not? Oh, I love that. Um, Absolutely. So very much. What a treat to get to visit with you. You have the sweetest spirit. I feel better just being in your presence. 
And I just thank you so much. Uh, on behalf of all our listeners, I want to thank you. I know that they're going to benefit from the calming presence and the great advice. Oh, thank you so much, Glenda, for having me. Likewise, I really appreciate your time. Um, and it's such an honor again to be here today. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Tune In and Level Up. Please come back. Until next time, let's make every day and every opportunity count.